Welcome to episode five of the Pedal Steel Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Dast, and thank you so much for joining me for our excursion into all things pedal steel. Uh, This month, we've got a great episode for you. We've got uh, a pedal review. We're looking at the Electroharmonics C9 organ machine and uh, a bonus review of the Digitech Mosaic uh, 12-string simulator pedal. We'll get to those in a minute. And after that, you're going to want to stick around and make sure you listen all the way through for a great interview with uh, one of my favorite steel guitarists out there playing today. He's on the road with Nico Case and a lot of other people in the studio and on the road. His name's John Rawhouse. Uh, Maybe you've heard his instrumental steel albums. He's got a slew of them out there, and they're all great. We're going to be playing a cutoff of uh, one of those. So stick with us, and uh, here's the C9 and Mosaic pedal review. Pedal Steel Podcast Product Reviews. This is a review of the Electroharmonics C9 Organ Machine Pedal. Uh, this is kind of a companion pedal to the B9, which, as I understand, was more focused on Hammond sounds. The C9 has a few different variations that kind of get outside the world of uh, Hammond organs, but it does have some nice Hammond simulations. Um, so I was lucky enough to be gifted this pedal by a friend of mine, Alexa Madrid. Uh, friend and longtime client. Uh, we were just recording an album together at my studio in Portland, Magic Closet, and she brought this pedal down to use on the album. And then when the album was done, said, keep it, along with a bunch of other pedals. So thank you so much, Alexa, for the gift. I am really enjoying it. And um, this is a pedal that uh, came out a while ago, and I was really interested in, uh, f- first of all, finding a review of it using pedal steel. I could not find one. Um, I did find a review on YouTube, a guy named Lonesome Lenny doing a review of the B9 pedal. Very cool. But I really was more interested in the sounds I was hearing, uh, from the C9 on a lot of these, you know, reviews that were using just regular electric guitars. So I wanted to go ahead and do one specifically for pedal steel. And so what I have here, um, my routing is I'm using the Avid 11 rack as my recording interface and amp simulation. So if you're not familiar with that, it's a, uh, it's a combination, um, you know, interface and effects unit. It does like, it's kind of like a Line 6 Pod uh, HD thing, but it has, I, I prefer the sound of it and it works great for recording. And it has um, the ability to change around the order of the effects you're using. So I'm going to kind of play with that. So right now I'm playing an Emmons Push Pull Steel, Goodrich Volume Pedal, straight into the 11 rack. And then I have the uh, C9 pedal in the effects loop. So right now it's pre-amp simulation, and then I just have a, I'm using a Fender Twin amp simulation with a little bit of reverb. Um, So I'll bypass the uh, effects loop for a second. So this is just the sound of the dry steel. When I say dry, it does have an amp sim and a a reverb on it. And then um, this is just the first preset which is uh, called Tone Wheel. It's a Hammond simulation. So here it is. I gotta say, that just right out of the box is pretty darn good. I'll go through some of the presets here. So the way the uh, pedal works, if you haven't seen it, you can look up and see a picture of it. It's got a dry volume knob, which will put the steel through unaffected. Organ volume knob, obviously, controls the organ volume a modulation knob and a click knob. So the click is kind of a a special thing that, let me turn the click all the way up and you can hear what it's doing. So on a Hammond organ, you have a click control, which kind of puts a click at the beginning of the note and can sound a little bit more realistic. Now if I turn the click all the way off, kind of lose that attack. So I like the click. I like the setting somewhere in the middle. And this preset also has a uh, modulation effect. And the mod control changes on all the different presets. So I'll kind of go through them one by one and tell you what they're doing. Uh, For the tone wheel preset, that's without modulation. The modulation is a chorus. I'm going to put it on uh, about halfway. Now that really brings it into the uh, realm of like a rotating Leslie speaker. 
That's pretty nice. That is a pretty good right out of the box, you know, preset number one with both the uh, controls set at about 12 o'clock. Sounds pretty darn convincing. I'm pretty happy with it, but I want to make a modification. So I'm going to turn the mod all the way off, turning off the chorus, and I am going to use in the 11 rack, I'm going to turn off the uh, cabinet simulation, which is a 15 inch speaker simulation, and turn on the rotary simulation in uh, in the 11, and I think this has an even cooler sound. Now you'll, see, you'll hear right there I did some pedal moves. Obviously an organ cannot bend in that way. But, you know, hey, why not? Uh, if you're really trying to sound to really fool an audience into thinking that you're, you know, playing an organ, you won't want to do any slides or bends. Hopefully that's kind of obvious. Um, one thing I noticed about the pedal is that it's very sensitive to volume attack. So if I play very lightly and then get harder, oops, you can hear it changing in volume, which, um, you know, an actual organ wouldn't do. You have a volume pedal, which we have too, but it doesn't really uh, change per key. You know, most organs are not velocity sensitive. So I had the idea to put a compressor pedal in front of the organ pedal, and I'm doing this virtually. I'm using the uh, gray compressor simulation in uh, the 11 rack. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm uh, compressing the signal uh, of the steel before it gets to the C9 pedal for hopefully a more consistent level. I'm pretty happy with that. So I'm going to leave the... Uh, I'm going to leave that compressor pedal in line. I think that's going to kind of just help in general. And I am going to turn off the rotary simulation, turn on the regular 15-inch speaker simulation, and let's check out the next preset. The next preset is called Prague. Uh, the manual says, paying homage to the massive sound of Keith Emerson of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. The modulation type is a chorus, and the click control, in this case, adjusts the level of two intervals, a fifth above and an octave below the fundamental. So I'm going to turn click and mod all the way down, just give you the raw sound. Now let's turn uh, the click all the way up, which is going to give us that uh, the fifth above and octave below. That's pretty nice. I'm gonna let's turn on some of that modulation. This is a chorus. Not bad. Also a very usable preset. I'm going to, um, once again, just to show you, put it through the uh, rotary simulation in the 11 rack. The one I'm using, by the way, if you're curious, is a 122 type. It's pretty nice, pretty realistic, and uh, of course gives you that stereo effect, which is nice. All right, let's move on to our next sound. I'm going to go back to the 15-inch speaker. Okay, this one is called uh, Compact. Preset imitates a sound similar to Ray Manzarek's tone on the doors, Light My Fire. Click adjusts the level of upper harmonics. So I'm going to turn the click all the way down. Let's turn that click on. Oh yeah, you can hear, hear those harmonics. So yeah, let's put it somewhere in the middle. And the uh, modulation type in this case is vibrato. And let's try that one. Let's try that one with the uh, rotary sim on. So I'm going to turn the uh, modulation on the pedal off. Turn the rotary sim on the uh, 11 on. Pretty nice. Okay, moving on, our preset number four. Now this one, this is where things start to get interesting, where we, uh, we, we're moving outside of the, uh, you know, regular organ simulation. So this is called Shimmer, 
Uh, it says it's based on an effect made popular by Brian Eno and Daniel Lanois. You guys know I'm a Daniel Lanois fan. Uh, mod adjusts the attack time, click controls the sustain amount. So I'm going to turn them both down to zero for now. And going back to our 15-inch speaker sim, this is Shimmer. Interesting. Now let's turn the uh, the click all the way up, which is going to give us a more uh, more sustain. And let's uh, turn on mod. This says adjust the attack time. I assume it's going to actually remove the attack and give us more of a swell. That is pretty cool. I could see this being an effect that you could really use with uh, maybe some extra delay or something on it. Let's put a little delay on there. Now, this one would be a candidate for mixing in some of the dry signal, uh, just to kind of get an idea of what it would sound like as basically um, an added layer, having this, the dry steel in there and then adding in some of that shimmer effect. Pretty interesting. I think there are a lot of possibilities there. Uh, cool. Let's move on to preset number five. This is called Lord Purple. Our salute to the John, as I'm reading off the manual here, our salute to the John Lordish type organ sound of Deep Purple. Uh, the organ level controls the level of one set of three bars, uh, draw bars. Modulation type is chorus. And click adjusts the level of a second set of three draw bars. So this is kind of a different setup here. Let's try this one out. I'm going to turn the dry signal off. And I'm going to turn that delay off. Okay, so this is uh, Lord Purple with just the organ level, which is the first set of three draw bars. Now let's mix in some of the other ones. Pretty cool, and let's turn on some of that chorus. Got a little circusy there. Uh, again, I think this one would be a candidate for the the uh, rotary simulation. Pretty cool. Uh, still relatively normal in the uh, scheme of things, the organ sounds. Now let's check out this one. This is one of the ones I was very interested in this pedal specifically for because the B9 did not have this. Is a Mellotron flute sound. Uh, if you know the song Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles, then you've heard... Mellotron flutes. And for this one, uh, the modulation type is vibrato and the click adjusts the depth of the vibrato. So I'm going to turn those both off for now. So no vibrato. This is just the uh, Mellotron flute sound. All right, let's turn on some of that vibrato and hear it. Interesting. I'm not in love with the vibrato. I kind of like the dry tape sound, but maybe that's just because I'm uh, used to the Beatles songs. Just for fun, let's see what that sounds like through the rotary simulation. Pretty cool, not entirely appropriate for that sound, but still cool. Um, let's check out number seven. This is called Blimp, Led Zeppelin type sound, is what the description says. Modulation type is a chorus, and the click adjusts the level of upper harmonics. So let's go back to our 15 inch speaker. I'm gonna turn off click and modulation for now, and let's hear the dry sound, or the raw sound.
Now let's turn on the uh, click. Let's put it about maybe two o'clock, and this is uh, upper harmonics. You hear a little bit of tracking stuff going on there. Obviously, the cleaner you play, um, the cleaner your blocking is, the better. Let's hear a little bit of that chorus. good. I think, again, this was a candidate for the rotary. Cool. All right. Preset number eight is called Press Tone. That's a little little uh, joke there. Uh, <laughs> Electro harmonics is nod to the great organ sound found on the Beatles song Let It Be. And the modulation type is Chorus. Click sets the level of the click sound. So this is a normal uh, normal function for the click. Let's turn the click on. And some of that modulation. Okay, and, uh, you know, being that this is the uh, let it be sound, I can't resist playing that lick. Not bad. Again, I would use, I think I would prefer the sound of the uh, rotary sim that I have here. So I'm going to turn off the modulation and turn on the rotary sim and hear that. Awesome. All right, the last preset in the pedal is number nine. <laughs> And it is called, maybe that's why these are called C9 and B9. I didn't really think about it. Nine presets each. This is called Telstar. Envisions the legendary sound of a clavioline. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. As used on the tornado song, Telstar. Modulation type is vibrato and the click adjusts the level of upper harmonics. So I'm going to turn off modulation and click. Let's hear the kind of the raw sound. And let's turn on some of those upper harmonics, see what those are doing. And let's turn on some of the vibrato. Wow, you can really get that 60 sound. sound a little too uh i don't know a little too specific for my tastes uh let's hear that one through the rotary just out of curiosity let me turn off the vibrato also very usable that's too much fun well, I guess that's about it for the C9 pedal. My um, overall impression of the pedal, it's awesome. Uh, it really has a lot of possibilities. And um, I'm glad that I ended up with this one instead of the B9 because I really do like the shimmer and Mellotron flute sounds, which are a little outside of the box as far as organ simulations go. Now, if, if this is the only pedal you're using, it might need a little bit of help in terms of the uh, modulation like the modulation that is built in is very usable and would probably do just fine on stage uh but i really do prefer the sound of a, a real or a, a more uh, realistic rotary simulation uh there are lots of pedals out there that do that i'm sure everybody's got their preference and i think this this little trick i you know kind of found of putting the compressor pedal between the steel and the c9 really does make a difference in terms of uh, getting all the notes to ring out the way I want them to. Oh, by the way, one thing I didn't mention is the sustain of the pedal. Uh, it, it doesn't fade out like a normal, uh, you know, pedal steel note would. It kind of somehow figures out what the decay is and will keep the note at a constant level, just like an organ would. So if I just play one note and just let it decay...
So it does something interesting there. It it stays at a normal level without decaying for a long time, and then as the note really does start to decay, uh, you can hear it move through some of the different harmonics, which is pretty interesting. And again, as I uh, mentioned in, in terms of usability, all the sounds are are pretty darn useful. Um, you're gonna get, you know, if you want a normal organ sound, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get several variations of that, and you have control over some of the harmonics and click sounds and draw bars, the different modulation types. If you want to pair it with a rotary pedal, that works great. And then it's got a couple of, uh, you know, special features. It's got the the Mellotron flutes. It's got the shimmer. I think all in all, it's a great pedal, and I think it would pair really well with pedal steel. Um, not necessarily because pedal steel sounds better through it than a normal guitar would. I think they're both coming out, you know, sounding pretty much the same. But because, you know, in a practical situation, if you're a pedal steel player with a band, there may be a song where maybe pedal steel doesn't fit in or isn't as appropriate as organ would be. And you can say, hey, I can cover that part, you know, and you can basically make yourself more useful to your band without having to learn another instrument. You know, all you have to do is buy a pedal and, you know, figure out some routing what you want to put in front of it behind it and there you go you're more valuable as a player so uh hi marks really love this pedal and i'm excited to to work it into some situations with bands i play with and i forgot to mention that the uh, c9 retails for 295 street prices closer to 220 225 on uh, sweetwater and other websites um i thought while i had everything set up here and everything you know just kind of dialed in I would go ahead and do a bonus review of another pedal, and this is going to be a short one because it really is kind of one-trick pony, but it's a good trick. Um, this is called the Digitech Mosaic pedal, and it is a 12-string simulator. So basically, if you play an electric guitar through it, it's supposed to sound like you're playing a 12-string electric. Now, I thought it'd be interesting to try this on pedal steel because, I mean, who has a, you know, a 20-string? <laughs> no, it just doesn't really exist in the world of pedal steel. Uh, so I thought it would be kind of cool. Or maybe it does. Maybe somebody can show me one, but I, I certainly have never seen one. Uh, so this is the Digitech Mosaic Polyphonic 12-string effect pedal. It retails for $229. Street price is about $150. And uh, so it's very simple. It's a two-knob pedal. You've got level and tone. So I'm using it in the effects loop like I was with the C9. Uh, I'm, again, using the Fender Twin uh, preset with the 15-inch uh, speaker simulation. And so let me just play some dry stuff for you so you can hear the steel on its own. Now, let's turn the pedal on. Right now, I have the tone control set all the way down. Now let's turn the tone control uh, about halfway up. And I have the uh, mix all the way up here. Now the first thing I notice is the tone control works a lot like uh, the harmonics control on the C9. In fact, it actually does sort of sound <laughs> a little bit like some of the C9 simulations, of course, without any of the modulation. Um, but the cool thing is, with the level control, you can actually mix in as much as you want. So I could turn, let me try this, I'm going to turn the tone control all the way up for the most kind of bright, zingy, 12-string sound I could go for. But then I'm going to dial the mix back, so we're not hearing it 100%. Not bad. You know, it's a, it's a useful effect. It's a little bit uh, gimmicky, I think, for the steel. But if you're one of these outside-of-the-box people who is not, you know, you're not shy of playing around with effects and getting different sounds, you could take something like this and make something really cool out of it. So I'm going to kind of dial that tone back a little bit and change my mix here. Let's go for something that's more middle-of-the-road. Um, so one of the problems that these types of pedals have had in the past is tracking. The tracking is pretty good on this. It feels pretty good. I mean, I think in a, in a bandstand situation, it would be totally fine. Uh, now, supposedly, this is completely polyphonic, so you can play chords on it, and it will handle those fine. So let's test that out.
pretty cool. I think uh, an application for something like this might be using like some really soupy, let me, let me throw on some effects here, some really soupy delay and reverb. Getting in the realm of that shimmer sound we were listening to on the uh, C9. So here's something like that. So if I was doing some real slow swells, using the mosaic at a kind of a mid-range uh, on both settings, the mix and the tone control. So yeah, that could really pair well with some, you know, kind of soupier sounding stuff. I think it's a useful uh, pedal. There are other pedals and, and you know, built-in functions to different, uh, different effects processors that will do something similar. But I think the strength of this one is that it can handle those full chords and it doesn't seem to really, really cough at all when you do that. There are some that I've tried in the past, and this is years ago now, that, you know, would work great on single note stuff, but you'd play a chord and you'd just hear this this kind of digital mush of, you know, <laughs> the processor just freaking out going like, I don't know how to handle this. And uh, this pedal seems to do great on that. So uh, there's another bonus review for you. This is the Mosaic 12 string effect from Digitech. Behind the bar. Joining us on the Pedal Steel podcast this month is a fantastic steel player and uh, all around musician named John Rawhouse. I was able to catch up with John uh, when we actually shared a stage. We were both playing um, at the First Tap, which is a big monthly event in Anchorage, Alaska. He was playing with Nico Case. I was playing with Emma Hill and her gentleman callers. So I sent him an email uh, on the suggestion of my friend Aaron Benolkin. He said, hey, you should try and interview John for your podcast. And I said, that's a great idea. Emailed him. He agreed to do it. And here he is. This is our, our interview with John Rawhouse. Okay, we are here in Anchorage, Alaska at the Beartooth Theater with John Rawhouse, also known as the nicest guy in showbiz. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Pedal steel player and multi-instrumentalist uh, for such groups as Nico Case. Sleepwalker, Grievous Angels, Waco Brothers, and you've played with Jacob Dylan. Yeah. And the old 97s, one of my yep. absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. And I just got off tour with Iron and Wine and Band of Horses. Oh my god. So, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're everywhere. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to ask a little bit about your musical history and how you got started playing music. Okay. Um, I literally got <clears throat> started playing music uh, on a dare um, last year in high school buddy of mine broke his leg uh, skydiving and he had a guitar in his house so he was sitting in his house playing guitar and there was a banjo in my house that my brother had bought at a pawn shop so we dared each other to learn how to play <laughs> and we did and we ended up playing in a band for about six years and you got stuck with the banjo well yeah kind of <laughs> you know I've always been up for the archaic instruments that Nobody wants to hear, or yeah. you know. <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, I'm a banjo player too, and yeah. like I feel like banjo is the most maligned instrument. Maybe as, well, aside from accordion. accordion, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Or they're running neck and neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the banjo, yeah. like anything, if you play it beautifully, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, it don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did you get uh, into playing pedal steel? Uh, in that same, it was in Tempe, Arizona, uh, same town. There was a. There was a band with a fellow in it named Mike Hardwick, and he's a great steel player in Austin. But this was when he was really young, and he was playing pedal steel and guitar for this band, and he was just—I was just astounded at what he was doing. Yeah. And uh, so I uh, would go and watch, and we ended up becoming friends. And I had already had the uh, finger picking stuff down from playing banjo, mm -hmm. so I looked around and finally found a, a an old ZB. Oh, cool. That I still have. Sounds great, great sound of steel um, that I still have, and I play, and I just would slowly like go woodshed some song, mm -hmm. and then put it into the set. You know. Were you kind of learning on your own? Just mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was lit, nobody making, around. I mean, it, uh, another guy named Russell, um, um, Ken Skaggs, uh, who ended up playing for uh, Glenn Campbell. He showed me how to tune it. Mm -hmm. and showed me a couple of riffs but the rest of it there was nobody else around i mm -hmm. mean to uh, end up there was no really no teaching materials i mean i have i still have a couple of like old records yeah that have 
tablature with them on like how to play riffs, you know. Yeah. But they're like LPs that I had found uh, back in the day, but there was no, not near as much uh, way to figure out how to do it. So. Yeah, it's almost too easy now with YouTube and stuff. You're, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no mystique left. You know? No, I know. Yeah. I mean, me, I was digging through. Uh, I remember digging through, you know, thrift store LPs and coming across like Stratosphere Boogie with, yeah. you know, and like going, oh my God, you know. And, yeah. And also all the old Commander Cody stuff. And yeah. so I would just sit and try to figure out how you could do that. Not knowing that like some of it I was never going to be able to do because like Ralph Mooney's tuning and pedal setup were completely different. Right. So like that intro to Rainy Day Woman off the Wayland Jennings record is like yeah. I was never going to be able to do that. Yeah. Because of my machine wouldn't do it right right <laughs> but and then you start me messing crazy. around with changes but it's mm-hmm. so hard to figure out at first I yes think. yeah I mean, if, if you've nobody shown you anything yeah you're like yeah. completely what yeah. so did you eventually work with a teacher at all or uh no i didn't I know, no. My, all my stuff is completely self-taught i think that's why i kind of sound different than a lot of people yeah um well, different is good. You don't want to. No, no. I and I'm, like I'm glad. Else. I'm glad. But there are some things I wish I would have had somebody go. You know, if you did right right there, you could save yourself two years. You know what I mean? It, yeah. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been, you know, stole a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. You know, just learning licks and. Uh-huh. Would you ever slow down the records and try and do it that no, way? No, I never could figure that how to do that. That was too much <laughs> technology for me. Yeah. People like you know putting pennies or nickels and quarters on the yeah. turntable and making it go slower. But then on I my, have to play uh, it lower. On my first podcast, I reviewed uh, a piece of software I j- you should check out called Riff Station. If you're ever trying to just learn a lick, oh man, it's yeah. a great way to slow things down and you can like pick it apart. It's like it's really it doesn't change the well pitch. Out. It doesn't change the pitch unless you want it to. So if you okay. want to put it in a different key. There you go. You can do that. Yeah, you yeah. can uh, you can even use like little phase tricks to kind of like zoom in on like the oh, key nice. part or whatever you need to yeah, hear. Like that already part. sounds like way too much technology. Oh, it's pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to show you. But well, um, so we talked about some of the artists you play with, but yeah. you also have released a number of solo albums. Yes. And I just gotta say, they're some of my favorite Steel solo albums because the level of production is just great. Well, thank you. I mean, um, there are so many uh, Steel albums out there that aren't sound a little <laughs> like you know just lacking in the recording side. But, yeah. I mean, you're obviously working with you know. Well, I think that's the thing because we've done those. Like I do a lot of those in my garage. Yeah. And uh, but like the drummer on those sessions has been Kevin O'Donnell mostly, who's unbelievably good. Yeah, musician out of Chicago and yeah. and uh, bass player in Panama. Everybody's a really kind of a top-notch musician, and and we just treat it like uh, we treat it. If we're using digital, we treat it like tape. You have to get it right. Yeah, you know. So we practice and and try to get it right. And the guy who plays guitar with me on those records, Tommy Connell, uh, we we've been playing together for decades, and so yeah. we kind of feel like attached when we're playing. You can you know. Yeah. Well, that, I mean that shows and that comes across. Thanks, and then you man. also do a lot of other instruments. On yeah. Albums. Like, I know you uh, dobro and uh, mm-hmm. some Hawaiians, uh, yeah, left yeah. steel. Yeah, I have a, yeah. And uh, with Nico, I play, well, when I'm out, when we're out with the full, you know, full gear box or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I usually have a 12-string, a dobro, a guitar, um, a banjo, the pedal steel, and a trombone. Wow. So, yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, more stuff to haul around, but it yeah, all that's adds why that that's nice why up texture. here in Alaska I don't have that. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like whenever you fly, it's like, how can I strip this down yeah, to the yeah. absolute minimum? Yeah, because uh, it's it's all heavy and you know, um, it's a uh, they're textures. So as far as like you know, if I need to play guitar on a session, I, I have to bring the pedal steel because yeah, you just can't rent them and you can't find them and yeah, uh, but like. We rent guitars and 12 strings and stuff, and they're textures. They don't have, it doesn't have to be my instrument because I'm not going to be playing, you know, Joe Satriani stuff. Right. I'm backing up a girl singer who right. sings really good, and there just needs to be a texture. Right. So, but with steel, you got to play your own. Yeah. I mean, they're, well, so they're so different. Well, that's because it could be, could be, what is it, Emmons setup or Jimmy Day setup or, right. or whatever, you yeah. know. So, yeah. yeah, too many variables there. I went and we opened up for Merle Haggard, and 
Oh, cool. Yeah, Norm Hamlet was so sweet. He was like, hey, you know, so you don't have to move anything. You want to play your, you want to play my rig? I'm like, well, yeah, but his, half of his was, his was a regular setup and the other half was like Ralph Mooney's setup. Yeah. There was no way. I was like, well. It's even beyond tuning and uh, and copying, like just yeah, the yeah. the ergonomics. Actually, feel of yeah. sitting oh, behind yeah, yeah. somebody else's uh-huh. pedal steel. Because in Portland, yeah. I live in Portland. We have these. Uh, well, I won't say we. I don't put them on, but they have these pedal steel jams that I like mm-hmm. to go to yeah, about yeah, twice yeah. a year. Sure. A guy named Larry Bam sets them up, and I'll I make it a point to try and sit down behind a few different players' mm-hmm. guitars and just feel like, wow, I feel like. I'm so much lower or where yeah. my knees are touching the levers and how yeah. the pedals feel. Oh, they're all different. It's so interesting. And that's a hard thing to explain to somebody that's just like, well, yeah. we need to rent you know, this. Why can't we just rent? Right. And it's not like that. You yeah. know, they're all made completely different and they're all strung up different. They're all different pedals do different levers do different things. Yeah. So it's yeah. a it's a weird a weird thing anyway you know so i know that you're playing a, a single neck msa tonight mm-hmm. yeah. and that's and you were telling me about how you fly with that yeah mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. you have what did you say the case that you're using I, is? i'm using a, a uh an skb case that you uh, drummers usually use for oh, the hardware case. hardware uh-huh. but it's been modified with a bunch of foam and a little door that i can put the pedals in the bar and uh, the rod you know the yeah, the pedal section and the rods and stuff in the uh, top of it. Oh, cool! Like a little uh, trap door. Uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. And then that separate. shuts up in there, and then it shuts down. But it does hit right at fifty pounds. So sometimes yeah. it's over, sometimes it's not. So, oh, really? Yeah, okay. it just depends, and it depends on the person at the counter whether they want to ding me for it or not. Right. You know? but, yeah. But it's still worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Well, I have to anyway, and it's a it's yeah. an old seventies uh, MSA classic, which. I love, and I love the, it's got a humbucker in it. I have one exactly like it that's a vintage, but it looks just like it, and it has a single coil in it. It okay. just sounds great. Yeah. And that that was one of the first legitimate steels I ever bought, was the my other MSA that I have toured all over the world with. And uh, I still play it a lot, and I love it. And uh, I love that one, too. And they're, besides the pickup, are they fairly similar? They're, a, they're fairly similar, except for um, this inside knee lever on my left leg the inside uh on uh, <laughs> <laughs> it raises the first string on the other one okay and then it has the what is it the franklin change on this one. Oh, okay yeah. does that screw you up when you switch from one to the other yeah just for a second yeah but i you know like if i, I usually when i have one i'm out with it for six or eight months and then right. if I have to take the other one it's because I'm leaving from somewhere else Yeah. so I have them in two different places so. yeah I play at home I play an Emmons uh, single neck uh, 12 string extended nice. E9 yeah. and then up here I play a 10 string so when you go down was, for that low note yeah it's nice so thing. what I realized I could do I just realized this like a week ago is like oh I can just take the bottom two strings off and practice on the 12 string and practice at home as if it were yeah. the 10 string but that really never occurred to me until like a week ago I'm like god I've been causing myself so much trouble yeah but um, so what else I noticed you are using a carbon copy delay yep. pedal I use a, a carbon copy delay um, easy to cart around it's a little mm-hmm. MXR yeah um, I really do also like the Aquapus do you know what that is There's a, I've heard the name but that's I don't, a great delay pedal um, I, I've used them in studios and I have access to one cool. in Phoenix so I use that all the time but I don't carry it with me because it's bigger it's you know, doing yeah. this I mean like having to fly all this crap is you know you get real ergonomic I guess is what well you I don't know if you notice my setup but my amp is about the size of a lunchbox yeah and I have a delay pedal that's about the size of a Twinkie yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like no I know the smallest possible yeah. rig I can I exactly can move yeah. around well you if know. you're carting it around it gets old yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. yeah and then uh, what amp are you going into uh, I'm going through the twin it's a uh, the 65 reissue twin okay uh, my regular amp that I play with Nico and what I usually record with is uh, it's the Fender reissue 65 custom 15 so it's a twin with a 15 inch speaker in it cool they reissued it for a couple years I don't know if they're still available or not but I got it from Fender and I love it because it has the low end in it right 15 inch yeah that 15 makes a big difference yeah I've heard good things about those never played through one yeah they're they're great I love it and I noticed too that you're using a high profile pedal and that you have your steel tilted pretty far forward is that to accommodate for Uh, the height of the volume pedal um no i usually have i've done that a lot always because i'm usually behind it to playing stuff 
oh, guitars yeah. and things and lap guitars and if I have to scoot way back mm-hmm. it's already kind of out of the way a little bit so I don't know it's just as developed into that mm-hmm. I, I never made a conscious effort into d- doing that yeah but that's what it's turned into yeah well let's see um I want to ask if you have any good tour stories or anything that's happened on the road or in the studio. That oh, is. Um, well, um, got to play with Les Paul. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what was the story there? I was on tour uh, with my band on the East Coast, and this was probably a year before he died. And on my the, like first two records, I covered World is Waiting for a Sunrise mm-hmm. with Nico singing. And then we did another one, another... Uh, Les Paul song I can't remember which one it was uh, but anyway the girl who was singing with me Rachel Flotard she had gotten him those records and he was like hey if you're in town in New York City yeah. on this you know come in and come in and sit in and I'm like yeah right and then so I thought I was being punked the whole time because um, when they actually said yeah we want you to come down we did have the day off in New York and we were leaving to go to Connecticut, so we just swung by, and I had to carry my pedal steel through Times Square with like a CVS oh, yeah. bag with the <laughs> pedals and the cables in it, yeah. and uh, meet a guy at the Starbucks across the street from the Iridium in Times Square because nobody had a cell phone, and I didn't think about it until I met him. They were all in their 70s. It's like, you know, yeah. Les Paul was 84, I think, or something. 82 or something and uh, and they're like well, I'll meet you at the Starbucks and then I'll, you know but I thought it was just a bunch of I thought people were pulling my leg <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna kill you guys you know <laughs> and then got to it actually was happening so we got to meet him and then uh, and played two songs with him it was really awesome it was, it was uh, kind of I've been playing literally professionally probably 37 years and it's the only time in the last you know 25 30 years of that that I've actually got nervous yeah and you know i go in the back room and he's about three feet tall you know <laughs> he's eating popcorn it's flying everywhere and uh, and, and uh, he's talking about playing with the andrews sisters yeah and i'm just like no way That's you know crazy all the musical history oh my god that yeah. one person exactly the reason we all do this the the, the multi-tracking and the yeah the entire the, recording yeah. industry yeah like, was it all yeah. Yeah. it was crazy and then uh he what and then he then he did punk me. He was like, "Hey, uh, what do you want to do? What song you want to play?" And I, was, I said, "I don't know. What do you want to do?" And he goes, um, "He said Sleepwalk." And you know, if you're not in the if you're at an E9 pedal steel and you don't haven't played that in 25 yeah. years, you're like, uh, I said, "Well, I don't really know that one." But he's like, he goes, "Oh, that's right. Don't worry about it." He goes, "I, I can only play in G anymore anyway, right?" <laughs> so I'm like, "All right." So when he called me up there, I go up there and he goes, what do you want to do, John? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to do? He goes, how about Sleepwalk? Oh, no. And I went, I don't really know that one. And he goes, I do. And he starts playing it. <laughs> like, you know, got me. Nice uh, you just had to hack, yeah, hack your yeah, way through Yeah, it. I did. I, well, I got most of it, you know. Yeah. It's so ingrained in you. But you just, you're sitting there with Les Paul. You don't want to screw it up. Oh, right. But it was, uh, it was pretty funny. So, yeah. That's great. But, yeah. So, I don't know. There's, that's, that's one. Uh, there's been, I, I've been very, very, very lucky. Uh I mean, I have worked hard, but I have been very lucky, too. I've gotten to do a lot of things that I never, you know, yeah, ever would have thought I'd ever get to do. Well, you mentioned um, Rachel Flotard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who I know that you worked on your Christmas album. Yes, with, yes, yes, yes. Uh, which has the best title. It's called He's Stuck in the Chimney Again. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> That actually was very cool. The guy, uh, Cy Coleman, who wrote Witchcraft and uh, Big Spender and those, like, 60s iconic jazz standards yeah his nephew um approached me years ago to do a cover of witchcraft which we did which is going to be on this my next record that's coming out cool just finished and it's mastered but i don't know how i'm going to put it out but so i had done some card some uh, christmas stuff and i sent him some stuff and he goes hey i have this song that nobody's ever heard it's a cy coleman song about Santa being chucked, stuck in the chimney. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do it. And I got Rachel to do it. And yeah. uh, all the usual suspects, Tom, Tommy Connell's on it, got a, a, a drummer and a, a Johnny Marson playing bass. And then uh, uh, it just, and Rachel's a killer singer. She's yeah. in a band called Visqueen. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. amazing. Uh, and uh, 
yeah so we we did that and then uh, so that he's what he tries to do is get those things in movies and stuff so hopefully he'll get that one in a okay. in a Christmas movie or something somewhere but yeah. it's it's a song that until we recorded it nobody would ever really heard it and the demo he gave us was of Cy Coleman playing a piano and uh, this lady singing it that was the voice of Maid Marian in the animated Robin Hood from the 70s or what. wow yeah so it was, what it was year was that really demo cool. recorded uh, in the 60s in the 60s yeah wow. That's cool. Was, you guys got oh, that oh, was, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. No, man. And when you know, he told me, he goes, well, if you want to do it, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do it. So we went to the studio in Phoenix and banged it out. It That's so cool. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to ask you about uh, upcoming projects, but it sounds like you just finished your um, next yeah, album. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in, in for a penny, in for a pound. I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I've got a record that I've been working on for eight years that I just finished. It's the next one of the, you know, like, Air show, rodeo, yeah, heart attack, whatever. Can you uh, reveal the? Uh, I, you know, I'm just gonna keep it simple. But maybe somebody else said maybe not, so I'm not gonna say it right okay. now. Uh, okay, right, fair enough. I may change what I've been thinking about, but um, and uh, so that just got done, and uh, I'm also uh, like I just did the 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 Doctor Dog record that's gonna come out. Oh no! Kidding. I did like three tracks on that. Oh my god, I love Doctor um, Dog. And um, were you playing pedal steel? Pedal steel, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, wow, can't wait to hear that. Um, yeah, I don't know when it comes out. I, I mean, I did it a while ago, but uh, um, it's supposed to come out sometime this year, yeah. or maybe not. I don't know. Um, and uh, what else? A couple other things, and then I'm working on a record right now with Eric Bachman from Crooked Fingers and Archers of Loaf. Yeah. We're doing an instrumental record of stuff that we've got that we've kind of just written together, and it doesn't really match anything that either one of us does. So we're just going to do this other side thing of this. Yeah. instrumentally stuff or whatever so doing that and then yeah just doing what you do yeah yeah well, yeah that's awesome trying to keep trying to keep it clean trying to not say any bad words so that... <laughs> well let's go ahead and wrap it up but i wanted to ask if All you have any uh, words of advice for pedal steel players out there advice for pedal steel players listen to what other people are playing around you i know a lot of guys who are really good and uh they don't they just forge ahead you know what i mean they just mm -hmm. like and they don't listen to what's going on especially if you're playing with a singer and uh uh also keep playing i mean i've done more things because i played that thing yeah because i just kept doing it you yeah. know what i mean it's like even when you think oh nobody ever wants me to do this and i'm never going to be doing anything you'll get a call and uh you'll end up going on tour and you'll end up doing stuff and that's what I did I mean I was fairly old and um, did a demo for a band called the Grievous Angels and ended up touring with the Grievous Angels for five years doing doing three records yeah. and then that there got me seen by all the old 97s and all these other people did all these other records saw Nico saw me hired me and I've been playing with her for 15 years that's so, great yeah I mean, do you think of, uh, out of all the instruments that you play, that the pedal steel is kind of the most, uh, opens the most doors in terms of, like, being an instrument that people want in their band? I think it's the one it has for me. It's yeah. the thing I play the most and I concentrate most on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do play banjo a lot, but that's, that, it was the first thing I learned, so I just woodshedded the crap out of that. So yeah. I still have all that in my DNA somewhere. Yeah, know? yeah. So give me 10 minutes of the banjo, I can probably remember half the fiddle tunes that I used to play, you know? Right. But, uh... The pedal steel has such a distinct sound, and people do like it. The downside of that is the second you do the AP, AB pedal mm -hmm. switch in the studio, they're like, that's it. That's what they want. you know. And you're like, oh, not again. Or yeah. the flip of that where they yeah. say, no, we don't want it to sound country at all. Oh, that too. Take yeah, away, yeah. Take it away. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, then hire a guitar player. If that's <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I, I get them both. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I did Katie Tunstall's record last year. Do all kinds of stuff that I never thought I'd ever do. And it's just right place, right time. And because I still do it, though, somebody's around, well, what about that guy? Yeah. You know, and it's a, sometimes it's me. So, you know. That's great. Well, John Rawhouse, thank you so much oh, no, for thanks being for on the thank Pedal you. Steel podcast. Yeah, thank and you. if you're interested in uh, keeping up with John, his website is johnrawhouse.com. That's J-O-N-R-A-U-H-O-U-S-E.com. And we want to thank John so much for being on the Pedal Steel Podcast. What a great interview and just a really affable guy. <laughs> Very friendly. And here's a track from John's album, Steel Guitar Rodeo. This is called Roaches to Room Service.
thanks for joining us on the Pedal Steel Podcast. Next month, we're going to be featuring more gear reviews and more interviews. Um, and if you go over to our show notes at pedalsteelpodcast.wordpress.com, uh, we'll have links to things that we talked about in today's show. And we also have a link on there if you want to donate to the show. There's a PayPal donation link. And I want to thank Robert, who donated this month. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Helps us keep going and uh, just, you know, keep up with incidental costs and things like that. So we really do appreciate that. We also love uh, positive reviews on iTunes. If you like what we're doing, go on over to iTunes and look for us in the iTunes store and you can leave a review. And we appreciate that, too. So we'll talk to you next time on the Pedal Steel Podcast. <laughs>